Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries' Aaron Budgen. Aaron came to know Jesus as his Messiah while preparing to become a rabbi many years ago and is now the pastor of By Grace Fellowship in Denver, Colorado. Strongly distinguishing the Old and New Covenants, Aaron reveals the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ from a historical and Judaic frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality of what was foreshadowed and the new life we now have in the resurrection. In virtually everyone's life experience, a person will normally come to the point of asking certain questions. Questions such as, why am I here? What is the purpose for life? What is the purpose that I have in my life experience for being here and for being a participant in the world that is around me? When a person reaches the end of their life and they look back on the years that they were alive, how will they evaluate their life experience? How will they define success or failure? How will a person justify decisions that they had made? These are the kinds of questions that people will normally ask themselves at least once or twice in their life experience, and these are very important questions to ask. When it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to living a Christian life, this question is often defined as, what does it mean to be a Christian? Because if you can define what does it mean to be a Christian, at least you can use that definition as your way of evaluating yourself, as your way of evaluating your life experience, as your way of determining whether success or failure was experienced. This is a very important question to ask if you are a Christian. What does it mean to be a Christian? Because if you fail to have an answer to that question then you may never be able to determine not only what is a Christian, what does it mean to be a Christian. If you fail to answer these kinds of questions, then it can be quite a challenge to determine if you are a Christian at all. I'm describing these questions as very important questions, not just because we have the opportunity to answer these questions, but also because of the implications of not only the questions but of the answers that we come up with. You know, when people define the Christian life, or what does it mean to be a Christian, I find that in general, people can be put into two different classifications in terms of their definitions, or the definitions themselves can be put into two different classifications. One classification is a sacrificial life, that to be a Christian means that you live a life of sacrifice. It's a sacrificial life in the sense of self-restraint or in the sense of asceticism or something like that. It is a life where you give a lot and you get very little in return, at least in the sense of how we might define it in the world that we are a part of now. Perhaps there may be the expectation that in the future, in the kingdom of heaven, you might get a greater return. But in general, people refer to the Christian life as a sacrificial life, a life of sacrifice. And then the other classification that people live by is a life of works, a life of doing things for God, of doing a little and obtaining a lot in return. And so when it comes to the question of what does it mean to be a Christian, how would you know if you succeeded or if you failed in your commitment or in your devotion to being a believer in Christ Jesus, 
This is one of the ways that people define the Christian life, either in the context of a sacrificial life or in the context of a works-based life. And so I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about these two different ways of life. Now, of course, I do not believe that the Christian life has anything to do with either one of these ways of life. I personally believe that there is a third way of life that we are to live by. But in order to fully appreciate what I mean when I say that there is another way of life, it's very important to consider and to understand what the sacrificial life is about and what the works-based life is about. Because if you don't understand the sacrificial and the works-based way of living, then I don't think you can fully appreciate what it means to live in this other way of life, which I will call the life of mercy and grace. So to begin with, I'm going to talk about the sacrificial life. What does it mean to live a life of sacrifice? You know, the scriptures do speak about a life of sacrifice, and so you do have to be a little careful with the way that you use this word. For example, in Romans chapter 12, in verse 1, the Apostle Paul spoke of giving ourselves or presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. And so, if you are to present yourself as a living sacrifice, then how can I say that we are not necessarily to live a sacrificial life, or to live a life as a sacrifice? How can I say that? What do I mean by that? Well, I personally believe that in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the emphasis is to be placed on the giving of yourself, Not that you are giving yourself as a sacrifice, but that you are actually giving yourself. That I personally believe that the emphasis is on the giving of yourself. And I suppose that as a new believer, or even as an unbeliever, you might consider that to be quite a sacrifice. That you would be giving up your life in that context. You would be giving up something that was very important to you. Something of great value for something else that apparently is not greater in value. Now, I personally know what it's like to be lost. I know what it's like not to be a believer in the living God. There was a time in my life when I was so lost, I certainly needed a search party. And the Lord reached out to me and he showed me who he is. And through the revelation of the Messiah, I became saved and I grew I mature from being a new believer to a relatively mature believer. And in that transition, there were many times in my life experience where I thought that I was exercising sacrifice or that I was living a sacrificial life in the sense that, you know, there were other things that to me were of greater value than what I was pursuing. But that was just simply a description of how much I did not know. I did not know that what I was pursuing, the living God and a relationship with him, was of greater value. I trusted that it was, but I did not really know what it was. And so to me, it was a sacrificial life. It was a sacrificial experience. And so you have to be careful sometimes with how that word is used and what a person intends to say when they use that word. But again, I'm not necessarily trying to justify my position by just simply saying, well, they intended to say something different than before. Give me some time and I'll explain to you 
what I mean by a sacrificial life in the sense that this is not the life that our God has called us to. From a certain point of view, you could say that the life that we have is a sacrificial experience. But for the most part, people really do believe that the Christian life is a sacrificial life in the sense that they are going to give up a lot in order to obtain very little. From a religious standpoint, and I mean religious in the sense of a system of bondage, and you probably have had some encounters with some congregations or with some denominations or churches that you would describe as being very religious in nature. They're very sacramental in nature, in the sense that people will do things that they fully acknowledge they are getting nothing in return, or what they are getting in return is very little compared to what they are giving. They are giving their time, they're giving their resources, they're giving themselves. They are giving a lot to engage in some sacramental or sacrificial or religious experience only to depart from that congregation and say that they gave a lot more than what they got back, but that this is acceptable because to be a Christian means that you live a sacrificial life. You probably have encountered churches like that yourself. There are many of them available, and so perhaps if you haven't, you ought to get out a little bit more often and perhaps encounter a few in order to really have that cultural experience. I think it would be of great value in order to understand what other people do who are around you, how other people live. I'm certainly not wanting to encourage you to live that way, but I do believe that it's worth the time to experience that so that you can have an understanding of what it means to be in a religious experience, a sacrificial experience where somebody is giving something that is great in value and they are getting something that is little in value in return. You know, this is something that a child normally experiences as they're growing up. They normally encounter the word no on occasion from their parents, for example, They discover that there are boundaries in this world and that they cannot always do what they want to do, that sometimes they might have to do something nice for somebody else. This is something that a child usually encounters, or if they are expected to participate in the household in some way, that they are expected to clean things or put things away or to help with some of the activities that keep the household operational. Sometimes children will look at this as being a very sacrificial experience. And, you know, sometimes people describe it in that way. They say, yes, this is something that you have to do. You're not going to like doing it. You're not going to get much in return. Or if you get anything in return, it certainly is going to be of less value than what you would like to get. You probably would prefer to do one thing, but you are now going to be required to do something else, and this is going to be a sacrificial experience. This is something that a child usually experiences as they begin to grow up, and in the religious world, it's very similar. In many cases, people become a Christian, and they begin to live a sacrificial religious life as a child would grow up and mature. But then as a person begins to grow up and they become a teenager or a young adult, they normally get exposed to something called work. When a person gets exposed to something called work, that usually means that you're going to get some payment or some compensation 
in return for the work that you engage in. And normally, this compensation is different from a sacrificial experience. Normally, this compensation is of greater value than what you put into it. And that I will describe as the second classification, which is a works-based life or a works experience where a person will receive something that is of greater value than what they put into it. Now, of course, this is relative. For example, if you go and you work for someone, you will receive compensation for the work that you perform. And the understanding is that the compensation that you receive is of greater value than the effort that you put into it. It's of greater value to you. But for the person who you worked for, the effort that you put into it and the work that you performed is of greater value than the compensation that they paid you. And so it is a relative description. But from the point of view of a person's life experience for themselves, transitioning from the sacrificial life to a works-based system or a works-based life can be described as an opportunity for maturity in many ways. And you probably have encountered this where there are people who go from a religious congregation, a sacramentally-based congregation, and then they go to a works-based religion or a works-based congregation, and when they get there, they realize that they can contribute or give a little and obtain a lot in return. People will often look at that as being an experience in maturity because as we grow up, that is a description of maturity. When a child lives a sacrificial life where they are required to do a lot of things that they do not want to do, they have to give up those things that are of greater value for themselves to do or experience those things that are of lesser value. And then when they get older, then it's the reverse. They give a little and they obtain a lot in return through the exercise of work and compensation. And so when a person transitions from a religious experience to a works-based experience, when that transition happens, then an individual can feel, I've witnessed this in many cases, they can feel as if they have matured, as if they have grown, as if they have become a better Christian, a more mature Christian, because now they're living on the basis of a works-based system where they're going to obtain a lot for the little that they put into it. And this is normally described as experiencing rewards or blessings, things like that, that people will begin to categorize or classify the returns that they will receive. And of course, if you don't receive those returns in this life, then the Lord will hold on to those and give you better returns in the next life. That's normally how these things are advertised. So inherently, a form of competition begins to develop. This is what happens. Competition begins to develop between the sacrificial way of life and the works-based way of life. Competition begins to develop between the religious church and the works-based church. That's where the competition usually exists. And people can normally find some place that they feel comfortable with Somewhere in between, either they'll lean more towards the sacrificial experience or they'll lean more towards the works-based experience. But either way, there's normally competition between the two different types of congregations 
competition in the sense that they are trying to attract Christians who will participate in their congregation and, of course, contribute to it and help it perpetuate. There is competition there, and there is competition within ourselves as we try to define what it means to be a Christian, and we tend to try to find some place that we feel comfortable in our life experience that is some kind of balance between the sacrificial way of life and the works-based way of life. Now, I, of course, have had a lot to say about the works-based way of life. I have had a lot to say about that. You can go through my radio archive, and you will find a lot of programs that I've already recorded on the subject of a works-based way of life, although I haven't really called it that. But you will eventually get the feel for what I mean by that, that you will understand what I mean when I say I've already had a lot to say about that. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the works-based way of life in this program. Instead, I'm going to focus on the differences between the sacrificial way of life and this other way of life that I've not yet described, but is described in the other programs I have done when I've talked about the life that we live according to the inheritance that we have received or according to the discovery of who our God is and living on the basis of what he has already accomplished, things like that. That is the third way of life that I've already described in many of my other programs. In this program, though, what I would like to emphasize is the fact that we are not to live a sacrificial way of life in the way that people are generally referring to it. I personally believe that if you were to evaluate or if you were to look at my life, you might consider it a sacrificial way of life because what you probably value more is of greater value than what you probably think that I'm getting in return. And so from a certain point of view, and I certainly would have seen this when I first got saved and before, from a certain point of view, yes, I can be living a sacrificial way of life. And others may look at the productivity that I am involved in, and they might say that I'm living a works-based way of life, but I certainly am not. I simply do what I do because this is who I am. It has nothing to do with me obtaining any return whatsoever. And so while there may be the appearance that I'm living a works-based way of life, I certainly am not. I am simply living according to who I am and according to what I have. And not expecting anything in return makes it easy for me to say that this isn't a works-based experience for myself. But when it comes to the sacrificial way of life, this is what I believe the Lord was referring to When he spoke of this subject in the scriptures on many occasions, there were several occasions when the Lord told the Israelites, I do not want sacrifice. I do not desire burnt offerings, which of course might seem to be a little odd considering that he was the one who established the law of Moses, for example, the sacrificial system. If he didn't want that, then why would he do it? Well, he did that, of course, for the purpose of leading a person to the point of discovering that there was something wrong with them, not that there was something wrong with the sacrificial system, but that there was something wrong with them personally so that they would eventually come to the point of realizing that there was something wrong with their heart and that they had a need for mercy. Consider, for example, in Psalms 51, verse 16 and 17, where he says, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. In verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, 
you will not despise. He will not despise, or he has an interest in a person's heart. He wants a person to come to the point of recognizing that they have a need for mercy. To the Christian life being a life of living on the basis of the mercy of God, not on the basis of the sacrifices that we present. In Hosea chapter 6 verse 6, there's another verse that I really enjoy where it says, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And of course, I have had a lot to say about the knowledge of God, about knowing your God. I've done many programs where I've explained the importance of recognizing that the Christian life is about knowing your God. So when it came to sacrifices, he did present the law through Moses. He did present the sacrificial system. But the sacrificial system was just that, a sacrificial system that people would give a lot, something of great value, to obtain something of lesser value in return. But in addition to the sacrificial part of that law, which is what most people recognize as being fulfilled through the crucifixion of Jesus, that was only one part of the law. The other part of the law was the works-based system. And that is what people generally embrace now. They embrace a works-based system if they haven't replaced the animal sacrificial system with some other sacramental sacrificial system or religious sacrificial system. But the law of Moses itself has within it both aspects of a sacrificial system and a works-based system contained within it. And people can then have the liberty of choosing what part of the law they would like to emphasize or what part of the law they would like to ignore. Either way, it's all there, but it was all given in order to lead a person to discover that there is another way of life that has to do with resting and trusting in the mercy of God and living on the basis of the inheritance that we have received in Christ Jesus. Now, I realize that I'm talking about this subject from the point of view of generalities. You can probably recognize that I assume that you have already heard several programs that I have produced. I have assumed that you have had some exposure to different religious groups, different congregations, different churches. I'm also assuming that you've been a Christian for a number of years. I'm making a number of assumptions, and so this subject may be difficult for you to understand or embrace And so I'm going to give a simple example. Let's consider what it would be like to be a potter. I'm just going to use this as an example in order to illustrate these three different ways of life, the sacrificial, the works-based, and the life on the basis of his mercy. If you were to consider what it would be like to be a potter, you would need some clay. Now let's suppose that the Lord has supplied you with all the clay that you can possibly use. We'll just make that assumption that you have this enormous amount of clay at your disposal, so much that you will never be able to use it all. And then you take this clay and you make a cup or a bowl or maybe something that you could use to put leftovers in the refrigerator with, you know, something like that. And you look at what you made and you can tell that you put a lot of effort into this. Now, if you were to consider the sacrificial way of life, that would mean that you would take this bowl and you would destroy 
this bowl or this container, whatever it is that you just made. You would just simply destroy it. A phrase that you might use for this act would be something like blowing it or letting it go up in flames in order to use a sacrificial pun. That would be a sacrificial experience, and you can assert a tremendous amount of pride by saying that you created something of great value and you presented it as an offering before God and sacrificed it so that you would personally not enjoy it. But you can esteem a great sense of pride because of what you have done for God, just to give you an example of where pride could come from in this circumstance of just blowing something or letting it go up in flames. But from a works-based point of view, you could look at this and you could present it before God and say, look what I have done with the clay that you have provided. You know what? I think you owe me, or perhaps you don't owe me. Maybe you just like to buy it for one of your angels or something. This is a works-based philosophy or a works-based way of life where you would assert a tremendous amount of pride because of what you have done. You have earned something. You have made something, and you can esteem pride from that. You might have gone through a significant amount of education, which is not sacrificial in this context. It's work in this context so that you can create something of great value, something that can be set apart, holy, sanctified, and esteemed highly. This is a works-based way of life. But the way of life on the basis of grace and mercy is to just simply be thankful and ask him, do you enjoy this? I enjoy this. Lord, what did you make? Did you make something? Show me what you made. Let's make something else. That is living on the basis of what you have, on the basis of what he's done, on the basis of what he's given. There is no opportunity for pride to surface in that way of life. And so in this program, I just wanted to give you a brief introduction to this subject of sacrifice, works, and mercy, and ask the Lord to show you, to give you some insights with regards to how your Christian life might be, and how you personally might be living on the basis of sacrifice or works, and not truly on the basis of His mercy. And this can also give you some insights with regards to how others who are around you are living and why. have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. This broadcast is possible because of the prayers and contributions of our listeners. To obtain a copy of today's broadcast, send $5 plus $2 for packaging and postage to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937, or call 303-359-2550. That is, 303-359-2550. Or look us up on the internet at www.livinggodministries.net. That's livinggodministries.net. Thank you, man.